They're the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. Welcome back to another edition of the 12.15 Club. It is my Ariel here in the mic, joined by Delna Graphics Guy, Eric the Big German. I'm fresh off my pie to the face for uh, my little dyslexic era of uh, turning Baylor head coach Scott Drew into Drew Scott. Anyways, we're joined by Todd Fritz, what our, is up? our reoccurring guest here on the 1215 Club. You clean up Todd, very nice from the uh, from the blueberry pie there. You look all nice and uh, shiny and ready to roll. Todd, I have like a ton of blueberry in my ear. It's probably going to be in there for a couple of weeks. You'll be all right. You can take a couple of Q-tips gently. You don't want to bust your eardrum. But when you get as, home as somebody later... Who's taken, as somebody who's taken uh, pies, do you yeah. have any suggestions on how to... How I, should clean I, it I would take a thorough shower. I remember my eyes burning. I definitely had some stuff in my ears and, you know, whatever's left in my hair, it takes a while to kind of scrub that out. But uh, just take a nice, long, hot shower, a lot of soap and uh, get in there. Don't, don't uh, be shy about getting into those orifices and getting that blueberry out. <laughs> Speaking of hair, Todd, yeah. uh, this week, the guys were trying to get you to do a bet based on your hair or, I mean, let's not cut any corners here, <laughs> hair of hair, right? Okay, good. Um, shots early. That's cool. <laughs> so what happened that you didn't take it? Usually you're like, you're all in on these things. You kind of let them push you to do different things. What happened this time around that you were like, you know what? The buck stops here. I'm not doing this. I always want to be a team player, but for these punishments and things, first of all, and Seton apologized after the fact, like after the show that uh, he shouldn't have put me on the spot like that. But if it's like a pie in the face or a shower shame or something that, you know, you just deal with in the moment and then you can just kind of clean yourself up or dry off or something that maybe lasts a couple of days. That's one thing, but to make some kind of commitment and it's not about being made fun of. I've been certainly made fun of enough uh, on a daily basis. It's not about that. Um, but something that's going to take a period of months, I think that's a little much to ask as much as I know all about the, it's, it's for content and that, that's all it's great for the show. And at the risk of, uh, I don't want to seem like I'm not being a team player, but every once in a while, like you said, I think it's okay to say no once in a while. I think my batting average for agreeing to stuff is uh, pretty high. Why are you so against this idea? Like, are you, would it be embarrassing? You think, would you not want to be seen in public? Like you've seen, you've done a bunch of things that could be considered embarrassing. What was it about this specific thing? Like, I mean, you have a wife, you're not going to go on any dates. That's true. I think it was more of just like, you know, letting the whole comb over thing. Um, and, you know, I've had a history with the show where like the spray painting my head and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's less about being embarrassed, more about like, you know, just I don't think I'm comfortable like going like months on end for the little hair that grows back, especially on the sides to do the comb over thing. You know, we all make fun of our, each other. I make fun of myself all the time. But uh, something about the whole hair thing. Um, just, I just felt like I didn't think it was something told me, don't agree to this. Don't let them push you into making this like months long commitment. That's uh, that's a little bit more than a, uh, a shower of shame or a wheel of punishment type thing. How do you, what do you think uh, your wife's reaction would have been if uh, you did agree to that and, or you just came home with this do? 
I think ultimately she would have um, uh, been fine with it. So it was, it was less what she would think or mm-hmm. say more for just my own, you know, my own feeling of like, you know, every once in a while, you know, you got to keep yourself and everybody else in check. And, you, you know, you don't have to be a yes man for everything. And, you know, you get to, you get bullied enough on a daily basis every once in a while, you know, at the risk of getting grief and being made to feel guilty that you're not being a team player. You can say, you know what, this particular thing, I'm going to pass. Bill, you got a question? Um, yeah, Todd. So if at, if it turns out that you would have won this bet and then Seton would have to do this, are you going to feel any regret for not taking? Cause I know for going a win always feels worse than actually losing. Um, I would be very curious to see what Seton looks like that way, but knowing how I am, I'm like Mr. Sensitivity, I probably enjoyed a lot less and feel more bad, even though he, he's the one that came up with this idea. I just, I think that's a little strong, a little harsh. I'm sure he can grow everything right back and bounce right back to where he was, but, uh, and it would be probably a lot worse for him than for me. Cause with the very little hair that I have left in my head, I think he has a lot more to lose. But um, yeah, I don't think I would take great joy as some of the other guys might about him looking very odd and his wife not liking it and having a period of weeks or months of not uh, wanting to be that way and having to cover it up with some kind of hat, which I have to do pretty much on a daily basis just because I'm follically challenged. But yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, you know, I would love it so much to, to see him that way. I just I don't get a kick out of seeing other people in distress or looking not the way they want to be. Eric. I have two things. First of all, Todd, I will say that um, uh, I think Paul years ago had to shave a, I think it was like a lightning bolt or something in the back of his head. And mm-hmm. I don't think that was something he recovered from quickly. So I'm not sure. I mean, it's not as though this is the first time that the hair challenge, so to speak, has been brought up on the show. Um, but this does seem to be the most adverse that you've reacted to said challenge yeah it, it seems like a bit more of a commitment than i was willing to uh to make for this particular thing now, that's not to say that the, the other things aren't on the table but it's okay to uh it's okay to say you know let's move on from that what's next the other thing that i wanted to say todd as the other follically challenged to use your word uh person here in the studio i think it was last week when um everyone was saying how they'd much rather lose a finger than be bald. I was like, you guys are jerks. I was like, I was like, I mean, come on. It's not that bad. I don't know. I didn't know whether to feel grossed out or insulted or a combination of both, but like, you know, there's a lot of people that have very little to no hair. Some people decide to shave their hair either because it's going in that direction. Or they think they look better that way or their significant other likes that. But once you're talking about chopping off fingers and toes versus not having hair on your head, <laughs> right. that's whoa. Yeah, and then the other thing they were like, "Oh, can you imagine starting to lose it when you're like 22?" I'm like, "Man, I was losing it in my yeah." Like, in I, college, I went from 20, like a, I went from like a big head of hair at a young age to, uh, and then it just started coming out, you know, with you know, and not even gradually. I think it just all of a sudden it seemed like overnight. It's like, wait a second, what happened to all my hair? But that's um, I don't think they meant to be quite that mean, or maybe they just don't appreciate it because they're not on that end of the follicle uh, continuum. But when you're comparing about like you know what's what's next, you know, would you give up uh, your an organ for to have a head of hair? Like you know, where are we going with this? Where it's so horrible. <laughs> To have uh, to be bald, to have very little hair. That you're talking about cutting off body parts or two functioning kidneys, or you can have a hair. Come on, that's a little nuts. We're, we're being joined by Todd Fritz, uh, our resident Booker, one of our producers' talent, the extraordinaire. Todd, uh, we did the celebrity bracket challenge this week, and uh, just having seen this list grow uh, week by week. 
how exactly do you go about uh, deciding who you're going to invite to this bracket challenge? Because it's arguably the most eclectic group I've ever seen. You have. Well, no, I'm glad you asked that. The, the, the reason is, um, I just started brainstorming a bunch of names. Uh, some of it was selfish on my part with just people that I like in particular, people that we've maybe talked about on the show, or we've tried to get on the show. Some of the regular guests, I thought it would be a, a kind thing to reach out to them and invite them to be a, a part of it, even if they're not like a, necessarily a huge name person as far as the celebrity world. But because the show is all over the place and we cover so many different topics and issues and pop culture and music and everything, I'm like, I'm going to reach out to like lots and lots of celebrities, whether from musicians to actors, actresses, not just athletes or broadcasters or writers. And let's see if we could find a good uh, a good mix. You know, we don't talk a lot of hockey, but it didn't stop us from inviting Alex Ovechkin and or you know Julia Roberts or Reese Witherspoon or you name them, uh, Jessica Alba. I just I just started sending a note to everybody because once I have the sheet together, it's not that much extra work to take out a name and put in another name. Once I put that template together that describes everything about the bracket challenge, then it's just about tracking down the agent or publicist and moving a few words around here or there and working off of that. And next thing I knew, we invited 268 people. We ended up with 45, not a great percentage, but still some heavy hitters are a part of this. And I'm proud of that. But there are definitely some names on there where you might think, a, why are you inviting that person? And or B, there's no way that person is going to do it. Or you're not going to even hear back from them. Why are you wasting your time? But Rihanna? I started it over a month ago. So I'm like, I gave myself enough time to, you know, and 150 people never responded out of the 268. That's fine. I'm not going to get offended. But there's something kind of cool about getting some kind of response back every once in a while. It's like, you know, like when I got like some, I'm sorry, Miss Witherspoon is unavailable. I just got a kick out of it. I'm saving all of these messages. It's like, thank you for thinking of Bruce Willis, but he's uh, in Europe or whatever, which I, I Paul hates that and I hate that too. When they say someone's not available because they're you know in Europe or they're away somewhere, we, we have worldwide internet and connections, to, and there's ways of printing things out and communicating with one another outside of the United States. It's one thing if you're shooting a film or something like that and you're just too busy with your work stuff, but just because you're overseas or you're not in the country, I don't know why that would be an excuse for not filling out a bracket sheet, but whatever. Melissa Gorga from Housewives. I love her. If you watch <laughs> the Real Housewives in new jersey you know what i'm talking about <laughs> eric she comes to play Melissa uh, you are such a fascinating human um <laughs> question for you you know technology is not something that i think you would identify as one of your strengths no. and you're certainly known for that kind of creepy notebook that you have <laughs> um so i wonder how did you track this whole situation uh was it in some sort of back page in the notebook or did you actually use like some you know major new technology like excel well, or something i, like I that? wish i wish i knew how to do like you know i i know that as you know the very 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 bare minimum i'm not with the excel sheets and all these different things and i took a little fortran in high school and that did not go well and I just kind of cheat my way through getting through some computer class. I don't like those if then statements and reasons. Those are just bad. Anyway, I just, I had, um, I basically just set up an email that like a template and that I worked off of to send the invites out. And then I was just working off the same email updating in different colors, you know, red meaning those that uh, said no green <laughs> meaning those that said yes and black, just those that I invited, but haven't heard back either way. And it was like 38 said yes, 64 said no, 142, no response. And I just kept updating that. And I was having fun with it. I started out like in the early or mid-February looking into it and 268 names later. And I am proud of the fact that even though I was hoping for more than 45 out of 268, we got some big names and they all, all those that said they would do it, sent a, a sheet out. Some sent it in sooner than others, but I was proud to say as of like 7 p.m. last night, 
all the, Carissa Thomas, Carissa Thompson was the last one. John Daly was the first one, but all 45 got their bracket sheets in, in time for us to put it in with our listeners and viewers and us. And it's going to be a lot of fun to uh, see how we do against like Noah Syndergaard and people like that. I think it's funny. We brought back this week, the uh, bar mitzvah video that you yes. did. They won't let that die. Will they? No, they, they won't. I think that one will be around forever. At least and to we'll, the end we'll get, of the and show. Not to cut you up, but we'll get to this. But Dan didn't, uh, I th- not that he was fibbing. He, I think he's got some dates and times wrong as to what happened and how things went down. And, you know, we need to address that. But I'll let you ask the question because it looked like I was like being, uh, you know, going against the powers that be, which wasn't exactly how things went down. So, that's what my question is. How exactly did that go down? Uh, did you use the the names and the emails and the agents that you've gathered from your professional life for this video in your personal life i've well i've been doing this for like 30 years and i've been doing and i've had contacts way before i got involved with the dan patrick show even though it's been like 18 and a half years or something since june of 02 that i started with the dan patrick show i did have a uh, i was in the business and i had other jobs for several years before that that being said that's neither here nor there i wanted to do something special as you probably you guys have probably known if you if you've been to a bar mitzvah i know you've been to my sons, when they have bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, they put together a special montage of mainly, you know, special moments of your child with family, friends and everything and there's music and stuff. And that's just part of the big special night on a big screen. Everyone get, gathers around and you all see if you're in the montage and if you can recognize yourself in one of the shots. And every once in a while, if there's someone that has any kind of fame or something special, if you can happen to be able to get someone to say hi or congratulations, then that's a cool thing. So Long story short, I'm like, with what I do for a living, how awesome would it be if I, which I didn't think I was breaking any rules or doing anything that would, should make anybody uncomfortable. It's like, if I invite these people on, then we can't talk negative of them or it's going to affect journalistically how we talk about that player or team because I had them take a second to say, you know, congratulations to your bar mitzvah. Anyway, uh, I made a list of people that I was interested in trying to get to be part of it. And some of them I never heard from. A number of them didn't uh, or wouldn't do it. And a lot of them did. And uh, I'm like, I, you know, I have access to these people. I'm, I have relationships with them over the years. And if some of them agree to do it, how awesome would that be? And what, what an exciting moment would that be for my kids to, uh, to see that in the videos that will have forever a lifetime of memories and the screaming and yelling and excitement of that moment that night when people were recognizing some of these athletes and celebs on the screen that was a uh, you know, you, you can't put a price tag on that, but there was no warning ahead of time about doing that. That's, that's a little out of order and that should be addressed and, uh, and discussed. So, but after this, you doubled down and you made one for your daughter. I did, which I did tell Dan. Um, I did mention that to him because because there was some backlash with Jordan. I said, you know, I did this for my son. I can't not do anything for my daughter. I'm sure she's hoping and expecting something, even if it's on a smaller scale. I got to do something special for her bot mitzvah if I did this special video for my son. But what I did was I kept it to much, much less of athletes. And she, w- she wouldn't be interested in the same people Jordan would be anyway inter- interested in. So I tapped into more of her favorite, like, little kitty TV shows on Disney and Nickelodeon <laughs> and stuff. And I was able to get a bunch of people that she liked from some of her favorite shows which has nothing to do with guests that we have on our show or sports or how we're going to talk about the texas rangers on the show if you, you had one someone on the rangers do a you know do a video and now we we could always say nice things we can't be ethically or journalistically sound because we they did your favors and now that messes up our rangers talk or whatever so that's uh that's kind of silly so I, I did do something for Lindsay, but i did make dan aware and eased his mind that it was going to be a largely like you know like iCarly kind of people and stuff like that 
Well, I'm glad you were able to get this off your chest, Todd. You were able to at least clear the story because yeah, it's important like to me. Because you know. I got I got uh, I got spanked a little bit from a very high power person, and I felt bad about it. And I and and I didn't even hear it from him. I found out from some other party that he wasn't thrilled that I uh, that I did that video. And then I and then I spoke with him and told him that I would have contacted you a lot sooner if I knew this was something that you were uncomfortable with. But there was there was no way that I was told ahead of time not to do something. And then my attitude would never be screw you, president of operations or whatever. I'm doing this video, so I, I wouldn't change anything because th- these videos that I have and the reaction that family and friends had that night were extremely awesome and special and they'll forever have that anytime they want to play that video back they'll uh, they'll have that and they can show their kids and grandkids and and they wouldn't have been able to do that if i didn't have some of the uh, contacts i've had over the years so i tapped into that and uh, if i got a little little slap on the wrist i can i can live with that you're still here to tell the story. So I that's am all important. That's that's the most important thing. Todd. Exactly. I'm not out on the street. I'm not working the uh, Carl's Jr. Or Arby's overnight shift uh, selling French fries. I, There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing which wrong, is nothing with, wrong with that. Yeah, but what I, do you have I, against I, Carl's Jr.? Todd? Absolutely nothing. I lived in L.A. 10 years. I'm well aware of uh, Carl's Jr. My you've, been, you've been to Carl's Jr. I have. Of more, than, I have. more than once. I, unfortunately, I have. And my waistline proves it. And, Todd, but, we're going to send you on your way. Thank you for spending some time with the 1215 Club. It is my uh, have pleasure. a good weekend and enjoy the college basketball. Enjoy the games. I always appreciate the invite. Todd Fritz, everybody. What a, again, every time he comes on, I, when he leaves, it's like I take a deep breath and I can finally breathe. I just feel like it's just, you're running a hundred miles per hour during those 15 minutes. And then when he leaves, it's just, all right, you can calm down. Eric. I think you need to take a breath because of how fast you just inhaled that grinder uh, in our little break here between segments. Mm-hmm. It was like, <laughs> but, um, he yeah, was so. still talking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, Todd, uh, Todd's always a treat to have on. And I think we got a tamer version of him, which, you know, we we'll did. See. I, think, I mean, thanks it, to Dan. It was teetering there for a second before <laughs> it was about to unravel completely. But he, in the least consistent way possible, he's very, very consistent. <laughs> what else did you guys like from the weekend we had the saint patty's day we had the firefighters coming play the bagpipes and drums uh dylan you had a question about that didn't you? yeah well i was i know din has like a uh i guess an affinity for like the you know like police and fire like the fire department stuff like that we have all the you know that everyone sends in their uh patches and badges and stuff so i was curious how he got linked obviously it's in new haven so it's couple you know it's not too far away but the new haven emerald society bagpipes and drums guys who are very authentic looking eric so we've had those guys on the show several times it predates me i think um so we always on st patrick's day we used to the old studio was right above the seven seas which is kind of like an irish pub kind of a mix with a seafood restaurant and um I think that they used to do performances downstairs and then they would come upstairs and do something. So, um, you know, we've done it every year, except for last year, you know, the pandemic had just started and it was kind of like, we didn't know what to do. And so we just didn't do anything. And then, um, yeah. So this year I was like, all right. So I asked Dan, if you want to do something and we were kind of concerned about having him come in. Cause obviously it's, you know, driven by air and blah, blah, blah. So, um, but he, you know, we've used them. They're the New Haven County firefighters, Emerald society pipe and drum is, I think you mostly said, but um, mm-hmm. you know, that started in at Milford fire department and then it kind of grew into um, it's from the region. And um, you know, I don't know if there's, if they are the uh, you know, definitive, 
banned for uh, bagpipes. Uh, you know, certainly, I know there was some social media comments about how we should try to, you know, fly in some competition bands or something like that. But, you know, ultimately, you know, it's just kind of a nice thing. And, and we, went, we had the fire truck come by. You know, we're, our neighbors here at the studio is the fire department. So it wasn't a big ask for them to come park the truck. And we just wanted to give a nod to first responders. I mean, it's been a long year with uh, the pandemic and everything. And so, um, you know, and they're always fun. They're good guys. They, they remember uh, 2014 or 15 when uh, McLovin kind of was trash talking their their uh, kilts. And so then they ended up, everybody had to do a squat. And I think most people know the uh, derogatory name for what that is. And um, they've uh, they've been around for a while. And it was good to be able to, to have them come and still kind of have it be separate and made sure that we didn't cross pollinate from the COVID perspective too bad. But um, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a big fan of bagpipe sound. I think Rob, yeah. Rob the intern though, had to edit and like put graphics into all of the uh, footage from them playing. So he was sitting there listening to bagpipes for like three hours straight, and I think he had had his fill after that. <laughs> you know what? I had my again. fill up today, pie, and I think I've had my fill of pie for a while. Uh, my face is like really sticky. My eyes are like super stiff. Um, <laughs> my ears are filled with blueberry and I can't get it out. So Dan, so the way this happened is, uh, I sent out the newsletter yesterday at six thirty or six o'clock and, um, I get a call from Dan around seven thirty. Usually if Dan has to tell me something, it's not really a big deal. He'll just text me. Uh, so I see, once you see Dan Patrick's name come across your phone, phone at seven thirty, you're like, something's up. There's an issue here. Um, so he calls me and he's like, hey, uh, Drew Scott, huh? And I was like, yeah, what do you mean? And he was like, his name is not Drew Scott. It's Scott Drew. So, yeah, he's like, his name is Scott Drew. It's not Drew Scott. So I was like, let me see if I can fix this. So I went into the system and it was already out to our thousands and thousands of newsletter subscribers. So I called them back and I said, Dan, uh, I can take a pie. If, uh, if that's the way you want me to uh, make up for my mess up here. And nothing, nothing says content like pie to Dan Patrick, Eric. Yeah. So you called me because I, I think I pointed out a, a smaller but different issue on uh, on that yesterday's newsletter, and um, which is something I like to do, just kind of point out to you. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so you called me and you were like, "Yeah, I don't know if he wants to give me a pie or not or whatever." And so I was like, "All right." So then I saw this one. He's like, oh, yeah, no, he's definitely getting a pie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of it is just kind of to, to make content for the show. But uh, Dan, Deason, he says all the time, every day is the Super Bowl and he has high expectations. So you, know, you got to tighten it up. Yep. Now, I, I mean, now I'm going to be feverishly looking at it and uh, it's really going to linger until like the next day. It was like, all right, like I got through this one. I hope I didn't screw it up. I hope I don't get a call. And then that that feeling is going to kind of linger into the next day. Dill, well, do you think now it's time to tell the audience of the Twelve Fifteen Club about your the feature film starring you coming shortly about the dyslexic professor? No, I pa- think we I think we saved that one. I don't save think, it. Yeah, I don't think we have the script written yet. We're still trying to find a buyer. Um, I think that one. It's, uh, we'll, it's we'll coming down the that. pike though. It's probably summer twenty twenty two. I think that's all we got this week though. Uh, we'll. Catch you next week for Mah Ariel, Dylan the Graphics Guy, Eric Big German. Have a good weekend, everyone.